Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Matt, how are you? What's going on? How are you? Oh, good. It looks like it's nice weather over there. Man, it's, it's, it's warming up a little bit, but it's, uh, it's not bad at all. Nice. nice. How you been? How's the family? Yeah, man. Family's doing well. Um, it's crazy. I have a 25-month-old and a four-month-old, so it's been... Wow. Yeah, my wife's still going nonstop, so it's been, uh, it's been crazy, man. But it's been yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, everything. everything's good here, man. I mean, in New Zealand, COVID's... We've tackled COVID pretty well. Uh, yeah. You know, in the next couple of weeks, things should get back to normal. In the last couple of days, we've had zero cases. Uh, so awesome, yeah things are good man so I can finally get out of the house and do things now which is great um I've said in the previous interviews I'm I'm locked down with my family uh so I've got two um two siblings and two parents and it's been great catching up with them obviously being a college recruiter means a yeah. lot of time living out of a suitcase but it's man. been good being based in one place for a for a good amount of time but yeah, yeah. things are good so you know, I thought it'd be good to get you on this call. Um, and the purpose of this talk is to educate uh, young athletes about your program. Obviously, where you are is a very new, fresh um, college program. Uh, we've had the pleasure of having an athlete with you. But I thought it'd be good to, you know, share this conversation with a number of academies um, and soccer coaches that we work yeah. with. And so just for everyone that will be listening to this, just to get into a bit of an intro on Coach Matt Gow. So... Uh, Matt was um, a college athlete himself. He competed within the NAIA. Um, after he played um, his college soccer um, career, he then went into coaching. So he went to University of Pacific, which is a Division One program. And then he coached at Virginia Tech as well, which everyone knows is a big-time Division One powerhouse. Uh, Matt has now taken over the role of the director of soccer and the head coach at the University of Ottawa, which is located in Arizona, Phoenix. Um, they've got a very, very good system there, brand new facilities. So thank you, Matt, for joining us. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You know, the first thing is, can you, can you share some light on your college playing experience? How was that? Yeah, mm. no, so I had a really unique college uh, playing experience. So coming out of high school, I grew up in the Midwest uh, in a small town called Lebanon, Missouri. Played my club soccer in Springfield, Missouri, uh, known Division One institution there as Missouri State. So I played... Uh, in that area of the country, uh, coming out of high school, I was actually a dual sport athlete. I played a lot of basketball um, and soccer as well. And so, um, you know, I was a goalkeeper in soccer. And so for me, coming out, I really uh, make a decision, I thought, uh, originally of, hey, what did I want to do coming out of high school? Do I want to play soccer in college or do I want to play basketball in college? Um, and 18 years old, I really couldn't make that decision. So I decided to uh, go to a university where I thought I could pursue both. Um, and so I went to Mid-American Nazarene University, where they both had a, a tremendous soccer program and a, just coming off of a national championship uh, basketball program. And so I went to actually play both uh, my, my first year. Uh, and then obviously I excelled much uh, quicker and, and more on the soccer field than I did on the basketball court. Um, and so then I, I turned my focus to soccer. And, um, you know, Mid-American Nazarene University has been a top NAI program now for quite some time. So I had a great experience living in Kansas City. Uh, being a college soccer player there. So it, it was it was awesome going to school there. 
That's amazing. And what sort of like happened to you in your career where you were like, you know what, I actually want to get into coaching. Was it your love of the game? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my father was a coach. Um, so I grew up around that environment for quite some time, um, you know, just as a youth and both my parents are educators and I knew that uh, for quite some time I wanted to do coaching. And then obviously, um, you know, you, you try to take the game as far as you can as a player. And, and I spent a year after uh, graduating college, just exploring, doing different things. I, I lived in Mexico for about seven months. Just, it was a good time. But then, uh, you know, I knew my calling was coaching and I was really blessed to have an opportunity to come back to Mid-America to get my master's degree as a graduate assistant at the university that I graduated from. And, that, and that's really what kicked off my college coaching experience and journey. For sure. And so you went into the Division One system as a coach at the University of Pacific. Personally, I know that university through the tennis scene. So one yeah, of my right. friends that I grew up playing tennis with actually was a student athlete there. And I know the, the former head coach, Ryan Redondo, is a good mate of mine. Yeah, fantastic. And then there's another guy uh, from the Pacific Islands, Danny. He was the assistant. I've met him a number of times. Amazing yeah. guy. And, you know, um, how was your coaching experience as a Tiger at the University of Pacific? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, we had a really, again, unique opportunity to come in and, and start a program up that had been down for quite some time. And so um, coming in, we were able to compete right away at the national level. You know, the first couple of years of the program, you know, it was a building block. So we were, you know, that's a tough West Coast conference. It's a tough conference to be a part of. West Coast soccer is, is tough. And so uh, we came in there. I, I joined the uh, second year of the program um, to, to help get it going. And that, and that second year, we only won one game. And then you turn around in year three, and we went to the second round of the national tournament, ended up losing to Stanford, who won it that year. Yeah. I think it was the greatest turnaround in NCAA history. And, and it, it was a lot of experience. I learned a lot as a coach. Um, you know, about building programs and, you know, just uh, competing at that level and what it takes to get players to, to buy into a system when you're really starting from nothing and then right. from one one game to going to the second round against Stanford. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was an awesome experience. I worked with Ryan Jordan, who's now at, uh, the head coach at UCLA. He was the head coach there and he did a fantastic job there. And um, assistant coach Jordan Farrell, who's now the head coach of the Oakland Roots. And so that coaching staff, I learned just so much from the both of them just being a part of that program for a couple of years. For sure. And then you got the job at Virginia Tech. Was that after? That was after Pacific, right? Uh, no, Virginia Tech was right before Pacific. So I went from America, uh, Nazarene, and then I went to Virginia, excuse me, Virginia Tech. And then from Virginia Tech, I went to Pacific. So I was over at Virginia Tech right after Mid-America. And how was your time at Virginia Tech? Was it um, a very great learning experience for you as a coach? And what sort of players were you around? Were you around quite a few players that had aspirations of becoming professionals? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, as a goalkeeper guy, one of my major responsibilities when I was at Virginia Tech was goalkeepers and uh, in, in the defense. And so, you know, Ben Lungard, who got drafted by Columbus, was a goalkeeper I worked with there at Virginia Tech. And, you know, I thought it was an, another great experience working with, you know, Mike Brizendine, who's still the head coach there. And he's obviously done a great job. I mean, they've been to back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back national tournaments, and they've done awesome. Um, he's done great with that program. Jeff Kinney's now at UAB doing a great job. Um, he's an assistant there. Pat McSorley, I saw Virginia Tech, but I learned a lot with those guys and just picking their brains. And obviously, um, you know, the ACC is the most dominant men's soccer program or conference in the country uh, of, of any level. They, that, that conference alone is awesome. So being a part of that 
before I went to Pacific, seeing that level, seeing what the standard was across the country with ACC um, and, and being around those, those players and those coaches who've really been around programs for a long time. It was awesome. It was awesome to see that, be a part of it, and, and take that into my, my journeys as a coach. Absolutely. And so let's talk about where you are right now. You're currently yeah. talking to me from Arizona um, yeah. and Phoenix. Tell us about how you got the job there and tell us about your brand new program. Yeah. So uh, it's probably just over three years ago. Um, you know, I get a call from Kevin Steele, who I had worked for at Mid-America Nazarene University. Um, and he had built Mid-America into an uh, athletic powerhouse. You know, he was athletic director of the year multiple years of the NAIA and uh, he gave me a call and he talked to me about this university um, and Ottawa University has been around for 150 years but they've had their main campus in Kansas um, and, they, and he talked to me about how they wanted to start up a new campus designed specifically for athletes um, to get things going um, in Arizona and how you know, everything was going to be tailored around the athlete class schedules are going to be tailored around the athlete everything was going to be specifically designed for athletics and I said Kevin, first of all, this doesn't sound real, but, uh, you know, things are great at Pacific. You know, I appreciate it. I don't know. This just sounds really, really interesting, though. Um, and then just more conversations with Kevin, coming down and seeing what they were doing. Um, and I was like, okay, this is real. Um, this is really happening. You're really designing a brand-new campus uh, that literally had zero students three years ago and said we're going to start up 25 collegiate programs from scratch. We're going to build state-of-the-art, world-class facilities, and we're going to design a class schedule that suits a student athlete with a flex scheduling term um, and also the times in which classes are given. Um, and I was like, wow, this is, this is the balance I feel like that, that isn't really offered in too many places and could really explode and be something. Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about your facilities. I've, I've seen some of the photos you've posted on social media um, of your amazing stadium that you got there and guys can see the venue from their dorm rooms and their apartments, which is amazing. And I have been in touch as well with the men's tennis coach, Kurt, and he's told me a little bit about your guys' setup. But, yeah. I mean, for people that don't know much about your program, can you please paint a picture in their minds what the facilities look like with you guys? Yeah, so everything's brand new. Um, you know, the, the campus there, we didn't take over an old campus, an old thing. Everything was brand new. I mean, we just finished $60 million worth of construction. Um, within three years, which is ridiculous. We're talking about brand new dorms that are apartment style living, brand new student union cafeteria. Our athletic center is, is world class. Our weights facility is, is customized. Our locker rooms for the men's soccer team are built right next to the pitch and we walk right out onto the pitch every morning for training. Um, and so all these facilities are built brand new. Uh, and obviously when you get to do things uh, brand new you get to use the new stuff you know you're not stepping on you know we have artificial turf because of our climate but it's uh it's the same stuff they use to for the you know FIFA certified turf so when you when you get to be a part of something that's brand new it's not too often where the athletic director comes in and says hey coach how, how big do you want your field to be you know what are the dimensions you want it and you get to design everything from the locker room to the field to everything like that so yeah we have brand new facilities uh just opened up everything just opened up this last uh winter uh when students came back everything was full access ready for them ready to go and so just to be able to see things come from dirt into having 60 million dollars of uh, construction being completed has been awesome yeah now that's fantastic and so you guys are located in phoenix arizona for those that have never been there before can you please um share some like insight into what the city's like 
Yeah, so we're in a suburb called Surprise, which is just outside of Phoenix um, in the metropolitan area. Phoenix has a metropolitan population of over 5 million people. And so it's a very large uh, metropolitan area. We're just far enough away to where we're in the suburbs, so it's quiet. Uh, you don't get the hustle bustle of the city. But if you wanted to go in and watch a Phoenix Suns game in the NBA, you want to go uh, watch a hockey game, we're actually 15 minutes away from the professional hockey where the Coyotes play. We're 15 minutes also away from where the NFL stadium is, where the Arizona Cardinals play. And so we're, we're away in the suburbs uh, here in Surprise, but we're close enough to downtown with, like I said, a metropolitan area of 5 million people that there's everything to do. In five hours, you can, in a drive, you can be out in LA on the beach. You can be in San Diego on the beach. In three hours, you can be up in Vegas. Um, in three and a half hours, you can be south in Mexico on the, on the beach. And so as far as location goes, I mean, you get in a car with some, some teammates, you can be anywhere, really the hot spots in the United States pretty quickly. Wow. I mean, I know that this is, this is to help student athletes, but you're actually recruiting me right now. So <laughs> this sounds oh, I'll find you some eligibility. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that'll be a bit tough. I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> I might not have that GPA. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you've got uh, quite a large roster. So you've got your first team, obviously. But you've also got a second team, haven't you? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a first team and a reserve team. Um, you know, start of, a part of starting a program without going too long on you, I, I really want to create an environment that really prepared players that if given the opportunity, they could play at the next level. Um, and really, a lot of times, I say the downfall of some collegiate soccer is that really you're kind of limited at the Division One rosters on the number of players you can have. And so um, that is great, especially, you know, if you have a really winning culture and it pushes itself. But a lot of times you can get a little bit of complacency. So within our system, we have a first team and a reserve team. Um, where rosters come out every morning to tell guys where they're training. You know, guys walk out of the locker room, they look, boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm training with the first team today. Let's go. Or, hey, you know what, I'm training with the reserve team. I know I didn't bring it this week. I saw it coming, you know. Yeah. But it just makes guys have to perform at their best every single day to try to get into the first team. And once they're cracking the first team training, are they going to make that uh, travel roster to get on the bus, to get on the plane, to be able to go play in the game? And so um, it's very, very competitive. But it also allows freshmen – uh, or young players to come in and play right away. Even if it's a part of the reserve team, they can play in a system, they can show themselves in game play because our reserve team plays a, a full schedule as well. So we can see them play, see them put together um, what we're teaching, our philosophy, our methodologies, and actually do it in a game and not have to come in and sit a year, which you might have to at some programs. That's amazing because the amount of athletes that go to programs and then if they don't get selected for the traveling team, they're just sitting there doing nothing. At least they've got an environment where they can continue to develop. I think yep. that's a great system you guys have got. And, you know, you guys have got a very attractive schedule. I know that you do travel up into California and you, and you compete a lot um, and you do travel by plane sometimes. Can you share some insight into what your traveling schedule is like? Yeah, so if you look at our conference, there's only one other team that's located in Phoenix, um, just actually about 30 minutes down the road here, um, Arizona Christian. But all of our other teams are in California. And so the places that we play at are San Diego, L.A., Santa Barbara, uh, San Francisco, Sacramento. And so you talk about having to go places and play. You're talking about some of the most beautiful uh, locations in, in California. And so it's, it's a lot of fun going out there. Our non-conference, we flew out to Atlanta to play a couple of non-conference games this last fall. Um, you know, and so we try to, to get out and spread our wings and go different places. And so, you know, Southern California, we'll get on a bus. Um, you know, our buses are equipped with Wi-Fi, 
TV, so the, the guys are comfortable, you know, to do their work. Then when we go to Northern California, we jump on the plane, fly out there. And then obviously uh, for our non-conference trips out to Atlanta, we get on a plane and fly out there for those games as well. So um, a lot of great places to go play and explore on our days off, um, no doubt. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Our conference is, is a great conference with some great places to go to. That's awesome. And let's talk about what kind of players you like to recruit. So obviously, you know, as a, as a head coach, you must get quite a few emails coming in from coaches and recruitment agencies yeah. saying, you know, these guys want to be part of your program. When you receive an email or you get a phone call from someone like myself, what stands out for you uh, when you're looking at a recruit? Yeah. Uh, one is, you know, knowing that they've done a little bit of research on their own, you know, um, you know, if, if I know that you're reaching out to me because you've done research on my program and you know, Hey, if all were well and, and everything goes the way I see things, it could be a place I could see myself going to school. I couldn't tell you how many times I've gotten phone calls and, and they didn't know where my university was located. They didn't know the conference that we played in. They didn't know the majors even that they, they wanted to pursue. Um, and, and so, being able to do the research beforehand and saying that's a region that I'd like to go to. I don't like being cold. I'm not from a cold climate. So there's no chance I'm going to Minnesota or somewhere right. up there. I want to go to Arizona. I want to go to California. I want to go to Southern States. Um, and, you know, just detailing that and letting me know that there's been a little bit of research done on your end just to say, that's a great place. I could see myself going to school there. And that, and that saves because like you said, we get quite a bit of emails from, from uh, players wanting to come here. So knowing that you've already kind of, done a lot of the stuff that I'd have to explain to you out of the way because you know a little bit about it that goes a long way a really long way for sure and obviously as I said earlier in this talk you know you competed in NAIA but then you coached at two big D1 colleges within the NCAA now you're back in NAIA again after yep. you're all after all those years and all the experience you've had what are the main differences that can you see with well, this talk about specifically soccer here? What are the main differences you can see between NCAA, NAIA, or are there really any? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, and I get to ask that just because of my experience, uh, because I've seen it. Um, the best way to look at it is the NCAA is obviously a large organization that they can split their universities based on size, location, funding into Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Um, the NAIA is, a, is smaller than the NCAA and the organization. And in men's soccer, there's just one division. But if you were to look at them side by side in men's soccer specifically, you know, you have teams in the NAI that could compete very, very similarly to division one, uh, maybe even win some division one conferences, just because the recruiting rules are a bit different. Regulations are a bit different. Um, and then you have teams that would compete very strongly at the division two level, probably a good number of teams that could compete at the division two level. And you have some teams that would uh, compete at the Division Three level. Now, obviously, at the NCAA level, you have teams that are Division Two that could play at Division One. You have teams that are Division Three that could play Division Two. You know, so and, and so forth. But the way it looks in the NAI is that maybe in the same conference, you have teams that look like an NCAA Division One team. You have teams that look like an NCAA Division Two team, and you have teams that look like an NCAA Division Three team, but playing in the same conference in the same league. Whereas in the NCAA, being much larger. Um, you know, they, they're able to maybe categorize those by them. So you see a lot of comparison. Uh, you have teams that I feel like, like I said, could win some Division One conferences uh, at the NAI level. Totally. There are teams that could go do that. But uh, that's the best way to look at it is that maybe in their conference you're playing everybody, whereas in the NCAA it's been separated a bit more. For sure. And I don't know about what other recruitment agencies do or even students that are doing it on their own, but 
you know, for those listening, what I do when I place my athletes is I look at four things. I look at their location, the soccer program, the academic ability of the university and how much it's going to cost you. Not yeah. don't just look at division one, division two, II, division three. Look, some athletes want to be in division one really bad because they hear one and they think it's the best. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they could be in the middle of nowhere or somewhere where yeah. it's absolutely miserable in a very yeah. unsafe location. Like, you sort of need to look at it as an open mind and say, overall, what, what, what value are you getting? Like, if you go with, you know, Coach Matt in Arizona, like, you get an opportunity to be in brand new facilities, an amazing academic institution that has connections all over the world. Um, you have an opportunity to travel all along the West Coast, you know. Not many people can say they've got that opportunity um, there with such a large squad as well. So that's, yeah. that's really good. To, to sort of finish off this talk, Matt, you touched on some recruiting advice, like making sure athletes do their homework. That was sort of like an indirect message on its own. What yeah. other advice can you give athletes um, if they want to go to college in the States in terms of talking to coaches? Yeah, I would say that, um, as you and I both know, but there, there's a place for everyone, um, you know, and, and, you know, I would say that continue to, to be diligent and working with, with guys, especially like you who do your homework, who, who know the system, who know everything. Um, you know, it's important to have someone who you trust, who does know it, who um, can speak honesty into you uh, is important. But just know there's a place for you somewhere. And it's about a lot of it is about your experience. You know, I always tell guys 10% of what you're doing is probably playing football, right? Like that's, that's 10% of what you're doing when you're over here. And so um, look at the experience that you're going to get. Reach out to players who are, who are on the team, you know, I'm a coach. I'll be honest with you. I can tell you everything you possibly want to hear. But, you know, try to do some homework. Reach out to a, co you know, to a player who also might be an international on the team, you know. And, and social media is great for that, that you can do that. So, you know, do your homework. There's a place for everybody. Um, really, really value the experience that you're going to get um, and what you're looking for. Um, and just be diligent on it and do your homework. Uh, and, and like I said, just, uh, do a little bit of legwork before you get there. And I think the more work you do beforehand, the more you can get connected with guys that, uh, are trustworthy, um, the better experience you'll have when you get over because it'll be a good fit for you, like you said, location, financial, um, experience, all those things. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. And for those that are interested in Matt's program, please check out the University of Ottawa, Ottawa based in Arizona. Check out their soccer page. Check out their website. They've got so much information there for you to look at. Appreciate it. Yeah, and give my best to your family, and I hope you guys stay safe and get out of this craziness soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. It looks like it's easing up, at least out here in Arizona. Nice, man. Well, I mean, it's getting into winter here in New Zealand, so I think I might want to come over and see you soon. <laughs> hey, come on out. Let's, Let's do it. Awesome. I'll catch you around.